Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. It starts with a taste, knowingly or unknowingly, from a cursed creature who has decided to curse you too. You find yourself in love, obsessed, and soon living an existence of servitude. Ghoul's Fatal Addiction Servitude takes place in the Twin Cities of Minnesota during the winter of 1988 and tells the tale of Keith, played by Becca, Lewis, played by Joaquin, and Dennis, played by Slavic, as they are tasked to track down a missing ghoul and are exposed to the darkness that surrounds them. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. The door opens up and you three walk in. You're the first, Keith, who walks in. And you look around and you see that this is a rather tiny apartment. It's actually kind of a one-room apartment, meaning you see that it's like a bedroom, kitchen, and living room all in one. And there's a bathroom door. You see that bathroom door straight ahead of you and you just see this old toilet and like a just a white porcelain sink with a mirror on top of it and you look around and this apartment is really small enough to fit like you see there's a mattress that is on the floor you see that there's like a milk crate that has like a tv a small tv with a vcr that's on top and you see to the right that there's like this little stove like a real like a miniature stove with a mini fridge and as you're looking and you see there's like shelves that are above the mini fridge that have like different perishables like canned soup and stuff like that not a lot but you're looking at the walls and it's the walls that are really like starting to make you feel a little uneasy because you see along these walls and all different types of drawings as if they came from the mind of a madman. You see a face and as you walk into this room, you kind of are like slowly looking at the different outtakes. You see that this is an outtake of the same face It is one that is feminine. You assume it's a woman. She has these very, like in some of them that are colored, you see that her eyes are gray and she almost has like a slight blush on her cheekbones, but her face is almost angelic. Not that she's a youth, not that she's a child, but maybe she's early into her womanhood. Like maybe if you were to guess, maybe her early twenties, you're having to piece this together just by looking at this collage. Some of them are very articulate like watercolor paintings. Some of them are scribbled on a piece of notebook paper and just taped onto the wall. Some are drawn on the wall itself, but her hair is curly. You look at this hair though, Lewis, and it is almost like Mary's hair, the lady you talk to, but it's not permed like Mary's was where, you know, Mary's was permed in the style of the Northern United States around that time. This is a natural one. And you see that like in this drawing, especially you, Dennis, as you're looking at these drawings and you think about the man's eyes that you saw on that tape and you look at the eyes of this woman, you almost feel a connection with the two. And as you're walking around looking and you see it's like, like, and it's always from like her shoulders up. It's never full body. Some are scribbled. Some look like he took his time. Others have like X's drawn through him. Like he's not happy with how he did it. And then you also notice next to this milk cart that has the TV on top, 
a couple VHS tapes that are there. And you see like an old blanket on the bed and just a couple pillows. I'll take a couple pictures of the art. You guys see Dennis do that. He takes out his camera and he starts taking pictures of the art on the apartment walls. What else are you guys doing? As the same thing, I just looked at him and say, please make sure that don't get me any photos. I don't want to be associated with anything of this. Mm, yeah, neither do I, but it is possible that this woman actually exists and she's somehow tied to it. I'd rather have a photo of reference. It's possible, but I doubt it. To me, it just looks like this man, he just self-destructed it in the worst way possible. Maybe, but he seemed obsessed with her. I wonder if she really exists. I doubt it, but you never know. I will head over to look at the tapes and see if they're similarly marked to the ones that we saw before. They are similarly marked in that they have dates, but they're not written in the very concise, clean handwriting that were on the tapes that you looked at before in the apartments. One is marked 9-3-1988, another is marked 9-21-88, and the other is 10-23-88. And right now it is like late November, so... Oh, these look to be more recent. Is there something to play it on in this apartment? Yeah, there's a VCR that is on top of the TV. I will go ahead and put in the first, um, the 931. I don't know about you, but I really don't want to watch this. So you pop it in and you hit play. And when you first see the screen come on, you see it almost looks like Dustin is sitting on the bed, like his back is resting against the wall. You can kind of actually look and see a couple of the drawings are behind him. He has like a black polo shirt on. And you see that like, he looks like he has a little growth of a beard. He's not as clean cut as he was in the photo that you saw that Kenneth gave you or in the videos. His hair's just a little bit longer, like it's touching his ears. You see him and he's looking in the camera and he's like, I can't get her out of my mind. I, I don't know what happened in that experience with her. I went into it thinking that it was going to be like everything else, but I kind of knew that it wasn't. I knew how... You know, had having had to be taken to her, having to go through that pimp of hers, I kind of knew this was going to be a different experience. And I found that once I was done, I wanted her again, and I couldn't stop thinking about her. And now I try to try to put it down on paper, and I, I can't stop thinking about her. And it has me thinking that maybe I am doing the right thing. I don't know. I, I got to think about this. You can see him reach forward and you hear it, and the tape cuts off. Okay, so maybe the person he met was more real than I thought. Sure seems that way. Uh, let's, let's pull, pull, pull the tape and see, maybe see if he mentions more like a date, like a name or something, like a play, location. Yes, yeah, so I'll pop in the next one, which is, sorry, what date was it again? The next tape is nine twenty one eighty eight. It's almost like playing Russian roulette, I would think. It's almost like you, you put it in there and you're thinking that like, like, you, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, okay, I dodged a bullet. And you put it in again, and you hit play. And you see this time, you still see him sitting there, but his, like, knees are drawn up to him. And you see, like, his arms are wrapped around his knee and he, knees, and he's resting his forehead and his knees. And you just can kind of see <laughs> And you see, like, he's, like, trying to collect himself, like he's crying. And you see him, like, look into the 
camera and you see like his beard's just a little thicker, you know, like it's starting to come in a little bit and you seem like <laughs> everything in my life is fucked up right now. <sighs> and I'm here alone and there is no one I could talk to. <laughs> and I'm still hearing, I'm still hearing the buzzing. I don't know what it is. I can't stop hearing it. And I know now that I am the way I am because of Philip and that he's responsible for this. And, and I, I, I mean, a part of me fucking knew, right? Like I, I, I knew he was responsible and that's why I'm trying to fix it. I, I'm trying to make everything right. And if I, if I am successful in what I'm doing and if I help out that company, then they will fight, they will take control of everything that Philip touches and he won't be able to hurt anyone anymore. Like you, like what he did to me. And I can't stop fucking hearing the buzzing. Sometimes I think it's almost like, I think it's never going to come back. And then I wake up and I hear it and I don't know what it is. And I, I feel them. I feel, I feel them crawling on my arms. I don't know. And then I realized I'm here alone and I'm going to probably be alone for the rest of my life. And it's times like these, I wonder if I should just end it. Mary doesn't want nothing to do with me. My kids don't want nothing to do with me. I have taken someone's life and I don't know what came over me. And I know that he is responsible for it all. I just have to stay strong. I just have to stay strong. I have to stay strong. Because if I don't, then someone else will be in the same situation too. And then you see him reach forward and he turns off the recorder again. Really seem to have lost it there. Mention to Philip. Philip who? Yeah, real quick, do I recognize the name Philip? You don't recognize the name Philip at all. None of you three recognize the name Philip in character, recognize the name Philip at all. Didn't Lawrence mention Philip Brentwood by name? I believe very, he did. Very true. Very, very, very true. Thank you for correcting me there. Very, very that's why I have awesome players. Yes, you <laughs> you recognize the name Philip from the conversation with Lawrence. He let slipped out when he was talking to you about like having a friend. Which again we can go on to the next video and I'll ask you all how you feel, but, or you can, the scene can continue on. Go ahead. Yes. You recognize the name. Philip. Do you guys know a Philip? I know a Philip, but not, I don't think he, this guy, anyone either in this same one. I'm not acquainted with this Philip. Oh, oh. well. We'll just see what comes up there then. And as he's saying this, Dennis is probably saying, fuck, I'm going to have to talk to Lawrence probably. And which will probably be a bit bad after he sent that woman there. (laughs) It's like, oh, well. Oh, God. You're putting in the next one, Keith? Yes, but a lot more hesitantly. Kind of like you said, not sure what to expect, and everything's just Russian roulette, right? Mm-hmm. Cigarette before we start, I offer the others. All right, uh, Lewis will take one. Yeah, Keith will just wave it away, focusing just on the TV set. Oh, you put in the video, and it comes up, and you see Dustin again, but this time his hair's a little bit longer, like a month's worth of growth, but his beard's neatly trimmed. He actually has a pretty thick beard that's coming in. But you see the look on his face is of determination. You're almost like kind of taken aback because that last tape you saw, you're like saw a man who was having a mental breakdown almost. And this tape, you're looking at a man, you see steel resolve. 
you see him looking in the camera and there's just a moment you're like almost feels like he's staring through you three and he's like i think i found her trail i think finding her will be the final key i need to be saved this may be the last video that i make if i find her i think i'm gone i'm leaving the city or maybe i'll be accepted i don't know i don't even know why i make these maybe part of me hopes someone finds them and they could put two and two together maybe I could figure all this out the only reason I haven't gone out and said anything that I know publicly is I know my kids are at risk and Mary might be at risk. But if I find her, I think I'm in. Yeah, I think I'm in. And you just see like the finger go forward again and turns off and you see it cut out. And you three are sitting there staring at the TV. What is he trying to do? <sighs> Up the next one. There's got to be something. There's there's only three videos. That was the last video. But I need you all to roll me perception and alertness, please. Difficulty six. One success. At three, Dennis. Mm-hmm. Keith is just focusing on the TV set, kind of paused in place while he's thinking with zero successes. So, Dennis, as you see this, you're kind of like, oh, man, what the fuck? And you're kind of like turn and you see that there's a, a little window that's kind of like next to the where the bed's at. And you assume it looks out on the street. And you're kind of just like standing there and you're smoking your cigarette and you go to like slide up the window to like get some air in the apartment, kind of blow your smoke out. And you look down and you see that there is this figure that's standing looking at your guys's car and kind of looking up. And there's a moment where she's looking up and you slide open. You're kind of like staring down at her and you see she looks roughly. I don't know if you were to guess you're looking down. She has to be like jailbait you're thinking she's like 16 17 that's the first thing that comes in dennis's head is that jailbait from what you've dealt with in the art scene and in the rock scene and everything like that you see she has like these this leather mini skirt on and she has like these winter boots on the mini skirt and she has like this fur like cheap imitation fur jacket on that looks like to be white she has her hands in her pockets and like this purse that's like going down and she has like longer brown hair that's coming down but it's kind of like chopped off at the shoulders a little bit and she's looking up to you at you and you see that she has like some colored eyes of sorts and she has a cigarette in her hands and there's just a moment where she's like looking up at you and you're looking down at her and there's this odd connection where you're like you're thinking what the fuck you looking at but you get that sense while she's looking up at you she's like who the fuck is that up there and you there's a sense of like this unspoken communication between you two go ahead scenes back on you guys well, that's a that's vague and enigmatic. So he met someone and tried to go to rehab or something. If that's what I'm guessing, he was doing in this. He would look. He was off something, like you know, trying to quit something. And as you're looking down there, you hear, "Hey, who are you? What's it to you? What's it to you?" Say? What's it to me? I know that's not your apartment. Yeah, and I sort of and, throw the cigarette, but the- and as you like throw the cigarette down, you see she like grabs the string of her purse and gets this look of determination, and you can hear from the window the clacking of her boots as she's like walking up the metal steps. As Lewis just said what he said there about feeling that maybe he's going to rehab, and you see that like Keith is staring at the TV. You kind of like are smirking a little bit as you hear these footsteps come up, and all of a sudden you hear like the door open up. And you both are, you, Keith and Luz, are caught off guard. And you turn around and look and you see that female there. And she just is looking at you. And she's like, what What are you guys doing in here? And where's Dustin? Sort of compare the, the 
art on the walls to her frame, see if it fits. It doesn't fit, no. no. doesn't fit. <laughs> Look. No, you're not the person I'm looking for. Uh, I'm a private investigator. I was hired to find out where Dustin went. He's been missing for the last few weeks. So someone cares about him, huh? Not really. She's like, you're a fucking asshole. You know that? <sighs> well, you're right. You're not going to be for me there at that point, but you knew this? You knew Dustin? Yeah, I knew him. I did. But you're you're working for someone? Yeah. So that means you have money? Not really. She looks at you. You got money? She looks back at you, Lewis. Maybe. Why? You buy me dinner. I'll tell you what I know. All right. And so how do I how do I know I do, I'm not just buying you dinner and then you just run off into the night? Because I care about Dustin and no one else in this fucking world cares about him. How about that? Hmm? Do you think I would just come up here and fucking yell at you and that asshole and whoever the fuck this is and she motions towards Keith? Well, if someone is looking for him, that means someone cares about him too, okay? Listen, even being up here and talking to you, I can get in trouble, okay? But who? My fucking daddy. Well, my pimp, all right? So what? You you buy me fucking dinner. There's a, there's a cafe just right down the block. Buy me some fucking pie and coffee and I'll fucking tell you. But I need to fucking act like you guys are interested in me, okay? So I don't get in trouble. Cool. What's her name? My name, she she looks at you. She's like, Jody. Jody. Well, Jody, if you ever want to leave this life, uh, you can always crash my place or whatever. I can help you find other work. No, you don't have to do this. And you see there's a moment when you say that, you see like the whole her trying to act like she's an adult, just kind of that facade, just like that, just gently for a little bit crumbles as she just like, you see like you saying that, like, and her seeing you go from an asshole to this is just like there's a moment where it breaks down her facade a little bit, but then it comes back up. She's like, I just want, I just want coffee and pie and some dinner, and I'll tell you, okay? Well, sure, that's what you want now, but sooner or later, you know, you're gonna realize that life like that is not worth living. And I'll tell you what, I'll just give you my address, and if you ever feel the need, you know, uh, when I escape your life, go ahead. Wouldn't be the first kid I helped. Maybe you're not so much an asshole. We'll talk about it later, okay? I don't want to talk about it now. And she just like turns around. She's like, are you going to buy me dinner? Or are you going to make me fucking stand up here and get in trouble? Buying her dinner will be the least that we can do. Fine. And Keith will yes. go to gentlemanly escort her out. I like you and you're cute. And she like says to you, Keith, as you say that. And she just walks down the steps. And as you guys, I take it, follow her. Yeah, so making sure to like keep a, keep a bit of a distance between us. As forward, you guys are sitting at this diner, and you're sitting at a, kind of a similar table that you sat at a Denny's, but this one's like kind of a shittier diner. You see that there's kind of like some women, older women who look like maybe they're in the same profession as her, and you see there's some kind of scummy white guys who are there with like beards and like kind of longer hair who seem to be overlooking but you don't see her act like she's worried actually you see the chef kind of like smiles at her he's like this larger african-american guy and he just kind of like like but more in like a fatherly you know what i mean way that he sees her walk in and he kind of you see him look at you three though you three males as you're walking in there with you like he's sizing you up and she just kind of like shakes her head a little bit kind of like don't worry kind of thing as you guys go and sit down he walks up and he's like takes your guys's order and you know you guys get your stuff and you're sitting there she just gets pie and a coffee as you guys are sitting there and she go and she starts talking to you and she's like 
Dustin, he's he 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 has issues. That's a bit of an understatement. Yeah, you know, he word came went around that he was a little rough and a lot of these people didn't want to deal with him. And so my daddy told me to go up there and told me to go make money. So I went up there and right away he 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 wasn't like that with me. He would he would ask me to like put on this like wig sometimes and like lay like in bed and not do anything just kind of like look at him and just like sometimes he would like want me to pretend like i w- couldn't hear him and he and, and he just it was weird stuff and he would just sit there and try to draw and he would get angry and he used to get angry a lot he used to get angry a lot and you see there a moment where she's like just taking like a like her hands are shaking a little bit as she's like taking a piece of a bite of her pie and she's like you know we would have sex sometimes and he was kind of rough but eventually like he just couldn't do it like the old men who come here sometimes you know like he just couldn't get it hard and he was just he would he would he would rage and he would throw stuff around but he would never hurt me and then he just started wanting me to come over so he could draw me wanted me to pretend to be someone and sometimes we just sit there and we'd watch tv and Soon he'd stop drawing me. Soon I would just come and he would have a movie or something and we'd drink soda and smoke cigarettes and I don't know, but this this woman, this lady, this hoe that he keeps fucking thinking about and talking about. I keep hearing about her. And there's other Johns who I keep like all hearing talking about her, but she's kinda on the DL, if you know what I mean. There's some of us who don't walk the streets. There's some of us who are treated special. I don't know. She he she's she's with some of those nasty ones. So nasty ones. Can I get a cigarette from you? And she looks at you, Dennis, pleadingly. I'm sure. Sorry, how old are you again, kid? She looks and she's like, it doesn't matter. What the hell? She's clearly old enough. Yeah, I'll give her. She takes a cigarette and she lights it and she's like, "There's some people into some nasty shit." There's a there's a bunch of people in this city who fucking like nasty shit that we don't want to do, and I think that this lady that Dustin keeps talking about or was talking about is part of that, because I've been trying to find Dustin too. You know, he told me he would get me out of this shit, just like you told me, and look where he's at now. He said he would get me out of this life. He he always would tell me he was sorry for sleeping with me the time he did, and said he wasn't himself and. So excuse me if I don't believe you when you keep telling me that you're going to fucking get me out of here because he left or he's gone. But I don't think he, I don't know. I hope nothing happened to him, but maybe you guys can find out because where I think that this lady can be found or maybe where he went to look at her, I might stand out a little bit there. Where would he go to look at her? There's a bunch of fucking asshole Peckerwood people. They... It's like it's so fucked up. It's like a flea market of sorts where they just kind of sell stuff that's gross, you know, stuff that isn't right, nah, kinky shit. And I think that's where maybe that this this woman's pimp's at, you know, like he always makes her hard to find. Everyone's always trying to find her after they fuck her. And I hope nothing happened to Dustin. I really don't. He's not like all these people, you know. Something was strange with him. He would never tell me what it was. I don't know. Will you help him? I don't know what else I can do. 
Well, well hopefully we'll find him. Don't Listen. worry, we were tasked to find him, and one way or another, we're going to find him. Here's what I can do, though. I can take you to where this this flea market thing is. They have it every Saturday night. They're having one tonight. I could take you there, and I could show you who I think is the pimp for this woman. That'd be excellent. Yes, that would help us a lot. Can, okay. Can I get another soda? Can I get a soda? Is that okay? Of course. Of course. Whatever you need. What a perfect opportunity to ask each of you. First, we'll start with you, Lewis. After seeing the tapes, after hearing Jody, this girl, talk to you about all this, what is going on in your head right now? Now he's starting to get like you know conflicting things. Like, yeah, up to this point, he was like, yeah, this guy, total write-off, just like, you know, finding him because I was asked to, and not because I want to actually you know care about this guy. And now he's like, I, 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 I can't hate him as much as I, I can't hate him purely like I could before. Now it's all mixed up. It's he doesn't like that. How it's like he doesn't like how hearing this guy, how he like, you know, sound. There's too much similarity between him and Lewis, and like how like you know the the way he acted, like he was going to draw this. He doesn't know. There's like too much implications about what's going on with uh, Dustin. That he's just like, I don't like. I don't like this. I, there's almost like your mind is starting opening up to some realizations. Yeah, the, the, the possibility that what happened to Dustin is could happen to him, or like you know he could you know get down to that level is like you know it's starting to uh, scare him. I, I imagine definitely. So Keith, with what he said about like getting making things right by helping this madrid imports and like what he all said and what you saw in the videos what this jody girl said everything what is going on in your head right now right now i'm just trying to connect the dots something has happened with dustin where he's he's having quite the change and i'm having conflicting feelings because i still feel very loyal to brentwood that's where i want to make my climb that's where i want to make my way in the world and to hear from someone who was doing something similar to me climbing that ladder turn around and betray it i mean i guess that's part of the business but at the same time it's it just doesn't sit right with with me this seems more what he said not your type of betrayal but more like a you know like that's why it doesn't sit right with you i assume because it's more like a i'm not saying jihad and vampire terms but more like a jihad to him more like to like I have to do this because this is right. You know, this is right what I'm doing. I'm setting it right. It's not like I have to do this so I can progress or I can get something. It's like him making right what he feel is wrong in a way, especially that line about so Philip can't hurt anyone like he was hurt. You know, so I'm sure that's offsetting, especially being love being in love with a man who has a controlling interest in this company, you know, like like a man that you are in love with is part of that. Exactly. And and Part of it, maybe there's even that parallel where, okay, so Dustin has had this change of direction going from, I want to make money, I want to progress in the world to doing something right. And I'm having the same thing with um, Kenneth, where it's like, I wanted to progress, but now there's something more, something more than just getting my way in the world. There's parallels there for sure. So you, Dennis, I mean, I thought that moment, to be honest with you, where you went from like antagonizing this girl to like offering her an out, I think really ties to what we were talking about earlier when you were saying how empathetic she you are 
and how you feel empathy for people and how you want to help people out, which again, I hate to ask you this again, but after seeing those videos and seeing this girl, like what is, because I feel while everyone in here is a tragic figure, for some reason, Dennis is always feels like to, to me, feels like the most tragic. Of course, everyone's fucking in a horrible situation. I'm not downplaying Keith or Lewis, you know, but Dennis to me seems like probably the most abused of the three and seeing you extend the olive branch to this girl that you can help, I guess, how does it make you feel seeing that like there's someone like Dustin who wants to make it right? Well, you know, he probably thinks to himself, you know, just another kid just completely fucked by circumstances beyond her control. You know, basically Dennis probably sympathizes with her because he was in a similar situation, you know, and, uh, he probably already like helped others in these situations. You know, just maybe get them a job, you know, some place to live and somehow put them on their feet. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does. I just feel it's almost like more tragic than the fact that someone like Lawrence has corrupted someone like Dennis. But almost in a way, Lawrence has given Dennis the financial means to where he can help or the influence to where he can help someone. So there's this weird conundrum, I'm sure. This is about seven right now, seven in the evening. You guys each get in your cars. I'll say that she rides with Dennis. She probably, or no, she'll ride with Lewis because Lewis seems to be like the investigator, you know, private eye or whatever. And she's in the car with him and she's kind of pointing. You guys are going, she's giving you directions to a YMCA that's in the south side of Minneapolis. It's about like two miles, three miles away. And you guys come up upon this YMCA and you see that the front parking of this YMCA, the lights are on in the parking lot, but there's no cars. But she tells you you need to park like in the back. And as you go on this road around the YMCA, around this YMCA, there's only like grass. There's like a there's a on the left, there's a softball field on the right. There's like a grove of trees that go into the distance. And then you go that along a road that goes on the side of the building with those trees that are on the right of the road. And you come upon the back, there's almost like an employee's parking lot in a way. And you see there's about like 15 cars there that are parked there. And as you guys each get out of the car, you see Lewis, Jody's body language goes from being like strong to like a little timid. And she looks at you, Lewis, and she's like, listen, they're going to ask like $20 from each of you to get in. Okay, just give them the money. To just go in there, okay? And I'm going to go with you. And I'm going to tell them that I'm vouching for you, okay? Just let me do the talking. Just give them the money when they need the money. You guys are three, like, sitting in the parking lot. She's like, just don't talk to anyone. And I will show you who I think her pimp is, okay? All right. All right. And she kind of, like, walks up. And you guys are walking up onto a sidewalk. And you go along. You see there's... Like, it looks like the double, like, brown doors that are in gymnasiums that face outward sometimes. Like, one of them's propped open, and you see there's a guy who's sitting in, like, a plastic chair there. And he has, he's wearing, like, jeans, and he has, like, cowboy boots on. And he has, like, a tucked-in cowboy shirt. Like, a a shirt that has, like, stripes and kind of, like, the pearl buttons on the side. And he has, like, a cowboy hat on. And he looks up at you, and he kind of looks to be about 35, 40. He has like a blonde wispy beard that doesn't like quite full. And he's like stands up and he looks at her and she's like, they're good. They're with me. They know what they're getting into. And he looks at you three and he's like 20 bucks each. 
Keith will just go ahead and pass him $60. So he takes the 60 bucks and he like counts it and he's like, motions for you guys to go in. As you guys walk in, you realize that you are going into what would normally be like a basketball gymnasium for the YMCA. You kind of have like the basketball court floor and you have the bleachers that are on the side, but the bleachers are pushed in to where they're just like almost like a wall. You know how when they push in there and you see all along the on the one side of the basketball gymnasium and on the other side, there are like the big sale tables. And it's really dim in here. There's not a lot of lights. They only have like one light in the corner turned on and one light in the other because they want people to somewhat have illumination, but not to be where it's bright, where people could kind of feel like they have a little privacy. And you see there's like four tables on the left and there's four tables that are on the right. And she's looking around, but you really can't. You can see she's trying to make out figures. And you see that there's people like sitting behind these tables, but there's also like about 10 people walking and looking amongst these different tables and she's like and she kind of motions for you three to follow her and she you see she like puts her hands in her fur her fake fur jacket you know what i mean and she's walking like she's almost trying to like protect herself in the best way she can and as you guys slowly start following her it almost feels like you guys are getting closer to like that feeling that you had when you put in the tapes at his apartment like you're i don't want to like go in there like you're almost like each step is like drawing you in more and more and as you guys get to the first table you see that there's this man he's he's overweight he 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 looks to be like about 60 years old he has a john deere hat on and he has glasses and he's just looking up at you and you can't really quite make out you know like too much of his face so you know he's caucasian though and you see that like on this table there's like polaroid pictures that are like rubber banded together and you see like they're kind of these plastic bags and you see that there's different like labels on them you see like animals or you see like young or you see like you know gang bang and you see these different things that are all along there and he's just like looking at you guys as you are staring down and she just kind of keeps walking past him as you're walking past you see video cassettes with like these just grimy people that are on the covers of them like they almost look like they almost look like malnourished. And this brings out like a little, like a little sense of apprehension from you, Keith. And the fact that while this is not anything that you have ever dealt with, you understand in a way the having to hide your 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 your, your urges of who it is, you know, and having to almost like this is was a period of your time where you felt like you can only make a connection with another human being who had the same the un, the same desires as you and and circumstances like this where you are not like these people at all and neither are the people that you knew in your community aren't like these people at all but unfortunately due to like the way society had looked on people of your sexual orientation you felt you had to unfortunately be yourself in environments like this. But it's also, though, you can take pride in the fact that, like, you and no one from your community were these people. These people aren't the people from you and your community. These people are people who take advantage of the helpless, you know, who take advantage of, of those society forgets and, and, and gives pleasure to, to people who, who are bad and who are evil, you know, for their tastes. And so there's a moment where you walk in and you kind of feel like a little sorrow like the life you have lived but then you see this and you realize that you were never like these people at all these people hide because everyone in society shuns them you know where you are able to find love 
like you have found with Kenneth. You know what I mean? And it's like this weird dichotomy that is that that is that is you're dealing with because you see everything at these tables. You may not have to focus in on them, but you see pictures. You see boxes of VHS movies that look like they're just handmade. And you see these people who are walking amongst you who are buying these, who are exchanging monies. As you look at these people, you see these are regular people, quote unquote, regular people, people who look like they could be teachers, who look like they could be police officers, people who look like they could be your neighbors. You see gross people too, who you would look at and you would know not to be around alone, but you see them all buying from there. And you just see this determination though, from Jody as she walks by, like she does not want to at all acknowledge. And you see some of these people are looking at Jody as she walks by. Like they're eyeballing her and you get this sense, Dennis, when you see this, like it brings out like a little anger in you because you know, she's young, you know, she's not a child, but you know, she's definitely not of legal age, but she ignores him and she keeps walking. And there's a moment where she stops and you three are kind of like stop with her and, and she like looks ahead and she looks up to you and she whispers in your ear, Lewis, she's like, that's him. I think that's her pimp right there. Just be careful. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you sure? Yeah, yeah. Just listen. All you got to go up there and tell him you heard. And I think that he's going to, he'll hook you up with her, okay? I don't know why he handles her like this, though. Everything I've heard, she seems normal. If I was to guess, I think she's like catatonic or something. I don't fucking know. But I don't know. I, I'm going to go over by there. I don't want to be around these people. They don't make me feel comfortable, okay? I understand. All right. And then she just kind of goes, and you see she like, goes off and kind of like into the shadows of where like the bleachers are as you guys are standing in front of this table. And there's a man that who's sitting there. He has long black greasy hair, but he has like bald. It's like bald on top. It's like growing on the sides and he has a really thick black beard, like a really thick, it goes down like to like, you can't see his neck and everything like that, but you see his greasy hair is like slick to the side and you see he's kind of slightly overweight and he's wearing a white t-shirt with that has some overalls he's like wearing some bib overalls over the white t-shirt but he has like a black hoodie that's like a front zipper one that's over a little bit and it's like zipped up a little bit and you see him looking up and you see at this table you see that he has like these tupperware containers that have vhs tapes in them but you can't see pictures of them and you see him he like looks up at you guys as you stop and you know that a lot of people don't really go to where this guy's at they're more at like the, the other people you haven't seen too many people go around him and he looks up at you. And this is a moment where he's staring at you, Lewis. He's not saying anything. I've heard you offer something exclusive. Mm, yeah. What are you looking for? Uh, I heard uh, something you get is uh, pretty popular. Woman with, a, with, the, with her hair like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about her. You like it when they don't move, huh? Uh, let's just say I I like things that my wife didn't. Oh, yeah, she won't say anything, man. She won't say anything. These two with you? You guys trying to have a little party? Uh, it's, well, more of a friendly competition. Oh, yeah. You don't want anything these fucking assholes offer, man. You don't want shit with kids and animals and fucking whips and all that fucking shit. You just want some, mm, right? You don't want you want to where they let you do anything, huh? That's good, man. That's good. There's a reason why work travels around. There is, brother. It means that shit's good. Here's the deal, man. The reason I don't have a lot of these fucking sickos around my table is because my shit costs. But it's worth it. 
I don't discriminate, man. As long as you got the fucking money, you can get that pussy. But listen, it's going to cost for you and your friends be 600. I'll take you to a place where you have privacy with her and you can do anything you want with her. She's tough. She can take it. Let me just have a little bit of discussion as to how we split the cost. Yeah, you talk. Remember, man, it's worth it. And everything you heard, trust me, it's well worth it, brother. Good to know. At this point, Lewis is just like, don't murder him, don't murder him, don't murder him. Yeah, I should probably have one of you guys roll self-control roll. I think, yeah, fact, Lewis, I, think I need all three of you guys to roll self-control roll difficulty yep, four. Yep. You, difficulty five for you, Lewis. Three successes for me. I have one success. Oh, good job. What about you, Keith? One success. Okay, so you guys are just sitting there. I mean, the anticipation, though, right? You, each of you, this fucking place just, like, uh, pisses you off for your own reasons. But you know you got to keep control. You know you got to keep control. It's just all, like, sinking in as Lewis walks up to you, too. And you see this figure just looking at you three while you guys decide. (sighs) So... How much money do you guys have on you? It's 600 Well, I spent most of my money already, you know that. Keeping that much on me guarantees getting mugged. I've only got like 100 on, I've only got like 100 on me myself. Uh, all right. Gonna, uh, I'll say that. you guys all have together like 450 Okay, yeah. What, what happens if I throw in my chunky watch? You can try and see. It's worth a try, you know? All right, yeah. I... Walk back over to the uh, grease stain and just be like, yeah, uh, seems that we didn't uh, come quite as prepared as we thought we did. We're, uh, we have 450 mm-hmm. and a watch if you want it. Let me see that watch. Keith will undo the clasp and kind of just toss it on the table. Oh, man. A fucking Rolex. For this, you can have her all fucking night. All night. It was going to be 600 for an hour, but you can have her all fucking night, you three. All right. And I got some Coke. I can give you some Coke if you need to, like, you know, keep going throughout the night and everything. Sound good? Uh, I'll keep it in mind. All right. Hold on a second. And he gets up, and you see him go whistle, and you see his figure come walking from the bleachers who was just sitting there smoking a cigarette. And he looks almost – you could think they're probably siblings. He looks like a, almost like a skinnier version of this guy a little bit. He has a thick handlebar mustache, though, but he still has, like, the bald spot on top of his head. And he instead of having, like, the overalls on, he has jeans and just, like, a black T-shirt. And he's like, you got this rest of the night. I'm taking the bitch, all right? And you can go, all right, cool. And he's like, all right, let's go, guys. And he's like, you, you're going to follow me, all right? You excited? I bet you're excited, huh? I mean, word travels, man. I got me some good pussy with this one, dude. Trust me. Anything I goes, can hardly man. wait. And yeah, just and don't worry, man. You bruiser, you do whatever, fine. I just ask no permanent damage. She can't really, she can't really talk anyway. So it's like, I don't even know if she knows she's hurt. Don't worry about it. And you just see him like he walks out and you see him. He's walking. You three are following. You see Jody looks at you three quizzically and she just kind of like goes like while you're looking, Dennis, at her and he doesn't look. She's kind of like raising her thumb and giving you like, are you guys okay? Look, as you guys are walking by, then she's trying to get clarification from you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, you're just kind of just giving the thumbs up. All right. And as you guys walk out back to that parking lot, you see that the man at fr- who's out front who was sitting there is talking to this guy who has like short red hair and glasses and a red goatee. And like you see them just talking and you see the 
cowboy dude give the guy with the red short red hair and glasses and goatee like a wad of money you see the guy nodding he just like puts the money in his pocket turns around and walks into this uh goes back in this cadillac that someone's driving and they take off and then you see the guy looks at you three he's like all right you're gonna follow me in that truck all right we're gonna be going to this we're gonna go to this trailer of mine all right sound good exciting so he gets in this truck you three follow him for about like 20 minutes and you start going to this trailer park. Like as soon as you get into the trailer park, you see the trailers on the right and left. It's about like, mm, I'd say it's about like eight 30 right now. And you kind of like see some lights inside the trailers and everything like that, but you don't really see people out because it starts snowing while you guys were inside. When you go out there and you start driving, you see snowflakes are like hitting your guys's windshield. Like they're melting kind of, but it's not sticking to the ground yet. But you can kind of see as you guys are driving on the road, the snow is gently like just coming down. It almost like your lights are illuminating the snow. So it's a little discompopulating while you're driving for a second while you get adjusted. But by the time you start going through this trailer park and you hit those slow like speed bumps that are in trailer parks and you get over to it, you see you see that there's this trail on the right that the truck pulls into the parking lot or excuse me the driveway of the trailer and you see this figure he gets out and he just kind of motions for you guys to park your three cars along the road you know on each side of the driveway you guys you guys get out of your car yeah, yeah. yeah. So you guys get out of the car your cars and you're standing there and the snow's starting to come down a little bit it's not like a blizzard conditions but it's definitely coming down and he's like it's gonna be a cold one tonight but you guys are gonna be warm so you're going to trust me. This is going to be the best money you spent in a while. And you see, he goes up to the door and you guys step on these, like these wooden steps that are kind of just like sink a little bit as you guys step on them. And he opens this loud screen door and opens up this like plastic trailer, you know, door that they have and opens it up and he walks in and you see there's this blonde figure who's sitting on the couch. It's a guy and he has like kind of like hair that goes to like the back of his ears he has it like like slicked back a little bit and he has his like really hawkish nose and like acne that's on the side of his cheeks and he's like looking up at you he's like don't worry i got customers here and he like you guys three go in there and you see there's like a couch that's in here old sagging like flower pattern couch that's kind of stained and you see like you look to the right of the door there's a tv with antenna that's sitting on there you see some like alf or some show that's on there that this guy was watching you see there's a kitchen little kitchen area to the right but you just see like there's nothing really in there and you're kind of starting to realize that like maybe this isn't like lived in that this is with the sole intent and purpose of like pimping this girl out and he goes all right she's down there fellas come on and you kind of like see he walks down he's like well wait do you all want to go at once or do you want to like take the you you which one you want to go first and we got beer and coke and you guys can sit out here while one of you guys go first it's your call man lewis can you handle this first uh oh uh, yeah i thought uh yeah i'll i'll go first you two and uh wait out here so he's like yeah go ahead have a seat you two hey get him get him some beers get, you guys want a beer oh uh, let's say i'm fine as i light up another cigarette you any most of you you want beer fancy pants yes and you see the blonde get up and he goes and gets a beer he's like follow me as you guys walk down this hallway you see this one door on the right that he doesn't even go close to and you just feel like the creaking of this trailer and you can actually hear the fridge open he walks towards the end of the hall and he opens the door and he like steps he's like come on in buddy and as you look out there you see that there's this bed that is in this room and like the foot of the bed is facing you and you see that there's this lady who is tied up she has like her arms that are tied up to the the head of the bed 
the banisters and her feet that are tied up to the foot. And she just has like this sheet that's kind of like thrown over a little bit, but you see one of her smaller breasts that are kind of like exposed and you see that face, that face that you saw Dustin draw. But you see like when you walk in, there's a moment where you're looking at her and you see like she's not like quite focusing on anything. And there's a moment where he like just kind of gently pushes you in. He's like, have fun, man. And then you hear the door close. And as you turn and look at her, you see her eyes focus in on you. Oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions, so that your media could give the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.